Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are doing well. I know it's a little late for some of you on this Friday evening, but we're doing a little impromptu Q&A. Me being on the West Coast, it's not so late for me, but I wanted to, uh, we're, we're going to do a Bengals mailbag feature on the on the website. We're going to, uh, we like to do the listener questions on the podcast feed, so I thought I would... Uh, come at you, answer some questions you have, leave me some questions in the comments section. Would love to hear from you as the Bengals tee up week three going to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo 2-0, the Bengals are 0-2. So, uh, you know, kind of a, a daunting matchup, if you will, coming coming down the pike here. Now, again, you can leave your, your questions, comments, anything you want me to kind of touch on here. At, uh, I think I'm simultaneously streaming on Facebook and on uh, on Cincy Jungle's Facebook and on the Orange and Black Insiders YouTube channel. So, uh, I, you know, if you want uh, some questions answered, leave them on either one of those. You can also tweet me at CJ Anthony CUI or at Bengals OBI. Uh, I wanted to start off with this one. I did get this tweet a little earlier today. It was from uh, the username is Odat uh, at DZE. Um, I know this may be, appear to be a dumb question, but in context to the full season, not game to game, which is it better to have on Sunday a win or a very good performance? Uh, but I don't mean finishing with a moral victory or a heroic failure. I I understand. I, it sound, it's weird in a word way, but I do understand the question, and I think it has to do with kind of the, the tanking aspect. It has to do with the, you know, how are we going to feel about the team? You know, is a win going to, you know, essentially hurt them at the end of the year if they want to get one of those high picks? I said this on this week's episode of the 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 podcast, if you're if you tuned into that, you know, the Bengals can still remain competitive. They can salvage this season. And if they want to get a quarterback, one of those high quarterbacks next year, they can still make that happen. They can go and move up. They have to sacrifice draft capital. The thing is, is they have to do things that they are not traditionally, they have not been traditionally comfortable with. That is sacrificing draft picks. That is spending money. That is using capital. A lot of teams do this, okay? Houston moved up in the draft to get Deshaun Watson, and they were a, a competitive team. Kansas City, the same thing with Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago. They were, I think, in the 20s, moved all the way up uh, to, to 10 or 11, whatever it was, to get Patrick Mahomes. So these teams can do that. Uh, Cincinnati can do that. Now, in terms of the question that the listener gave us um, about this weekend, I think you want to have – you got to get that win. Um, it's on the road. If you're going to do anything this season and even come close to sniffing the playoffs, you got to get this win. You probably have to have a win next week against Pittsburgh on Monday night. 
the Bengals don't, I've said this a ton of times, the Bengals don't have a home game left in September. They only had one home game, and that was against the 49ers, and that was an absolute disaster. So uh, I, I think for a lot of different reasons, feeling good about things moving forward, um, you know, showing progress and, and the coaches being able to get this team to improve week to week to not make the same mistakes. I think it's a big deal if the Bengals get a win this weekend as opposed to just kind of playing well. Um, because usually if you lose, you can point out a couple of big mistakes. And when you're an 0-3 team, it kind of points to you're just not a very good team. And this new coaching staff is overseeing a team that is making errors. So um, I think for a lot of different reasons, you want to see the Bengals win instead of just kind of getting those moral victories. Dalton RC, what's going on, Dalton? Good to good to see you, man. Um, are we looking at getting a new kicker? No, uh, I don't. I, to my knowledge, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, Randy Bullock has been their guy, and uh, you know, there hasn't been much news on the on the kicker front in terms of uh, you know them bringing in competition or Randy Bullock being on the hot seat that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I I think if these big kicks continue to be missed by Bullock, then yes, um, the Bengals have brought in other uh, the Bengals have brought in players to try out throughout uh, the early part of the season. They signed a linebacker after week one. So, I mean, I think they're going to look at uh, potentially um, going to potentially get, uh, you know, they're going to look at getting guys in here for a workout if Randy Bullock continues to miss some kicks. But for now, it appears that it's Randy Bullock's job. He may, he makes the kicks he's supposed to make. He misses the ones that you're still supposed to make, but they're, they're tougher. But uh, in this league, especially in a team that is just desperate for good things, they're a team in transition. They've got new coaches. They need to, they need to cling to every point opportunity possible. And uh, Randy Bullock has, has left, um, you know, six, six points on the board for the Bengals over the past two weeks. And that's not good. Um, that wouldn't have, you look at the score last week, one field goal probably wouldn't have made a huge difference when you look at it that way. But at the time it was a critical miss. The Bengals um, were kind of trying to climb back in the thing. There was a, a two possession game at the time and he misses the ball, misses the field goal and ball, uh, ball hooks uh, left. And, um, you know, that's not, that's not good. And then obviously in a one point dif difference in week one him missing that kick looms large. Um, Steven Spivey, what are the keys to the game against Buffalo? Great question. To me, I think the, uh, you know, there's, there's basically two, two things you can, you look at, right? It's better play from the linebackers and, or the defense itself, especially the back, the back end of the defense, right? The linebackers, the safeties have really regressed this year after Sean Williams and Jesse Bates, after having really good seasons last year, um, they, they've been victimized uh, pretty pretty often, and I think it's because they're playing a bit further up in the box than they are used to because they need to mask those linebacker deficiencies. Um, so, I mean, basically you look at the, that area or the run game. To me, it's the running game. You have to get the running game going because that, that not only shows that the running backs are being productive, but it shows a, a boost in offensive line play. And when you have a boost in offensive line play, obviously the running game works, the passing game works, all of that. Um, I think the passing yards will continue to be there. The passing plays will continue to be there. They've been there the first two weeks. Um, 
you know, Andy Dalton's one of the leading uh, passers in the league in terms of yardage. So I think those will be there. It's finding balance, being able to use play action. And, uh, you know, Buffalo can score some points, but I'm not – this isn't a Kansas City Chiefs offense here. Uh, so I think if the Bengals were to get some yards, put some points up, I think they can, um, you know, potentially win a shootout if they're able to, you know, run the ball effectively, use those running backs effectively. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, like I said, the passing yards will be there. It's just a matter of how that works. Um, obviously, you want to see the uptick in, in uh, defensive play from week two, but – I think for now, uh, I think you've really got to find that balance on offense. Zach Taylor preached that all offseason. That's been kind of a little bit of a surprise really throughout the entire preseason and regular season that the Bengals haven't been able to run the football. I mean, we knew this offensive line had issues. We knew there was, you know, injuries and, you know, not the not the biggest household names on that line. But, uh, you know, late last year with kind of a patchwork line, they were able to run the ball very well you kind of figured they would be able to do at least a little bit of the same this year with very similar cast members, uh, maybe even, you know, perceived improvements along certain areas and they haven't been able to do anything. So to me, I think the biggest key is running the football this week and finding balance. Obviously defensive play is another key, but for me, running game is paramount this week. Uh, I see in the, in the, I believe it's the live YouTube chat, uh, you know, there's, there's talking, uh, you know, talking about trades and whatnot. Uh, Trent Williams trade that, that continue that's almost a weekly topic, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I don't, I don't see Trent Williams. Um, I, I don't know, uh, if, if Trent Williams is a guy that the Bengals will target because, he is a guy that will that is, uh, you know, commanding a lot, a, a high profile, uh, a high yield. He will need a high yield of draft capital and, and you know, obviously money. Uh, the Bengals would probably want to extend his current contract, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I I just I don't foresee that happening unless as we get to closer to the trade deadline the Redskins are willing to part with him with for a little less just to get him off their books and get him out of their locker room, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, unless they're really looking to part with him for a lesser amount uh, in terms of draft capital, that sort of thing. I don't see it happening. The Cordy Glenn thing kind of throws a wrench into the whole works. This would, this really wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. If Cordy Glenn had been healthy, he's still dealing with that concussion issue. Um, we're, we're going, we're going on a month plus here that Cordy Glenn's been dealing with this. Then you lose Jonah Williams to me, you know, I think it, it would be great in theory. If you have Trent Williams for a handful more years, if he can play effective football, then you've got Jonah Williams kind of as your bookend over the next couple of, couple of years. But, um, you know, I, I, this is, that's not the type of trade usually this, this team makes granted they traded for Cordy Glenn last year, but that was kind of a, a shell game in terms of moving around the draft you know, they moved back a little bit in the draft and they got him on a contract that was pretty team friendly, that sort of thing. So I just, I don't really see, I don't really see that happen. Um, again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday evening. We're getting you set 
for week three, the Bengals go to Buffalo to take on the 2-0 Bills. We're going to be here for just a little bit longer answering some questions both on our Facebook Live video and our YouTube channel through the podcast. So thanks very much for tuning in, submitting questions, all that good stuff. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And once we may not be able to get to, we'll try and answer on uh, the Cincy Jungle feature that we do, the mailbag written feature. So uh, definitely keep sending those questions our way and we'll try and get to those. If you're, uh, if you're new, definitely you know keep it to Cincy Jungle for news, opinions, analysis, breaking news, all that good stuff. Um, and then check out our podcast. Like I mentioned, it's called the Orange and Black Insider and it is part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. It's on YouTube, as I mentioned. All of it's on cincyjungle.com, and then you can get it wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Megaphone, all that. So check us out. Appreciate it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Rodney Focus Journey. I believe that's how you say your last name. If not, I don't mean to mispronounce it when is AJ due to return well there's been some slow good news this week I think the target all along has been the week four game against Pittsburgh I think both because that is a critical division game it kind of gave AJ you know that six to eight week type of return from that injury um you know really give him the full the full length uh to recover from the scope uh, on his ankle and all of that so Um, You know, I think that's probably been the target all along. It's probably he's a little bit ahead of schedule right now. According to some reports, he's doing some running. He's been doing some stuff on the rehab field this week, which is a first really since he had the injury. So um, I think he's not going to play this week is, is, you know, my guess. But uh, I think he has a chance to play next week against the Steelers. Um, You know, I think if he if things continue to progress throughout this what's left of this week and then obviously if he's able to kind of get on the field and do some things next week that would bode pretty well if not then I would say no later than week five is probably when he comes back um you know especially if the team is 0-3 0-4 do you really rush him back I you know if he's not ready I, I don't know the really the mindset there but um, you know, I, I think I think optimistically he's probably set to play against the Steelers. If not, then then week five is probably where uh, where he would be coming back. Uh, really interesting question from James Brisky. You think this is a playoff team if they can get it together? I, I don't know. I don't know who this team is right now. Uh, so I can't. I, 
I hate to cop out with an I don't know, but they've shown me two completely different things in two weeks. So it's very hard to gauge who this team is right now. Now, we talked about on our podcast this week, you know, who the real 2019 Bengals, you know, who are they more closely resembling? The one from week two that got smashed at home or the one in week one where, you know, they, they played pretty well on the road and came out with a one-point loss. I, I waver back and forth because I saw a lot of good things in week one, but we also know week one kind of is really tricky around the league because teams haven't shown a lot in the preseason. Um, those are two teams, the Seahawks and the Bengals, that don't see each other very often, so they're not overly familiar with each other. Um, I, you know, so I, I, I kind of give even a little caution with that. I, I've said all along I think that the, the floor for this team is probably six or seven wins. I think the ceiling is maybe eight or nine wins, and I think you'll see a, a lot of those wins and a lot of good things start to happen towards the end of the year once these coaches get more games and play calls underneath their belt. Um, once these guys get more comfortable in the, the systems that these coaches are running, when guys get healthy, potentially a Jonah Williams coming back on the offensive line, AJ, AJ Green coming back, that'll obviously help. Maybe even Cordy Glenn, depending on what's going on there. So I think that, uh, you know, there's, there is a, an opportunity for this team to, you know, potentially sniff a wild card at the end, but they've got to get healthy. They've got to improve and they have to get, they have to get markedly better at linebacker and on the offensive line to even get to an average to slightly above average level play. Um, you know, so and they're not going to do much if they can't improve on that offensive line and get that running game going. Um, you know, I know this is a passing league and, and the Bengals are doing well passing the football right now through two games, but they got to find balance. One of their biggest stars on offense, especially with AJ green out of the lineup is Joe Mixon and he hasn't been able to do anything. So, um, you know, I, as of right now, I, I, I see a probably a seven win team that is pretty competitive, a pretty competitive seven win team. Um, but you know, if you asked me a week ago, I probably would have said, Hey, this team can win nine games and sniff a wild card, especially with certain things going on around the league. I'll say this, this division, although the Ravens are two and zero and the Bengals are zero and two in the basement. Um, I have not been impressed with the Browns at all, even though they won this last week, they, they kind of had a pedestrian performance against a very lowly jets team on Monday night. They got smashed in week one by a Titans team that lost just Thursday night. Um, Pittsburgh's 0-2, no Big Ben, no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell. That team doesn't really scare me at this moment in time. So, uh, I mean, they'll be they'll be competitive. They're the Steelers, they're always pretty good. But um, that team doesn't scare me anywhere near as much as it had over the past couple of years. So this division, I mean – Baltimore could run away with things, but they've got, you know, a win against a Cardinals team that's eh, and, uh, you know, they beat up on a Dolphins team that's terrible. So, um, to me, they haven't really truly been tested yet either. So, there's a lot of things to figure out in this division, and I think that plays into the Bengals' favor. But they got to get healthy. They got to get better on the offensive line. They got to get better at linebacker and in the back end of the of the defense, and they got to get the running game going. Um, otherwise, you know, we're going to be seeing a pretty similar record that we did last year. Uh, let's get a couple more questions in here. Um, 
Ooh, good one here from uh, Mr. Whisper in our YouTube chat. Do you think Billy Price offers more hope for the for the run game or the passing game? I mean, it couldn't couldn't be really worse. Now, I I personally, Michael Jordan was one of my favorite picks in the draft. I didn't know uh, too much about him going into it, but as we got closer and as the Bengals picked him, I really looked back at some of his things and his measurables, his athleticism. I really like a lot of things that Michael Jordan brings. What he is, is he's very tall for a guard. Um, usually, you know, those interior linemen, you need them squattier. You need them, um, you know, a little heavier. Uh, Michael Jordan's really tall. I think he's about six six foot, six inches. And um, that's not your normal guard profile in terms of height. Usually they're 6'2", six 6'3", six maybe 6'4". Um, and then, you know, obviously a little bit more squared out rather than the longer, leaner guys that are at tackle. So, um, you know... I, Price, to me, I, I don't know what's going on to him. A lot of people say, hey, he's still not healthy, both from the plantar fasciitis thing that he suffered this uh, offseason, maybe the foot thing from last year, all kinds of different stuff. Um, you know, people are saying that, uh, you know, there are certain things that are still bugging him, plaguing him in terms of the injury stuff. Uh, you know, he, he never really got – the other – side of the coin here is that he never really got a lot of playing time last year. He missed a lot of time because of some injuries, um, played center. He had an up and down year at center. Um, and then now this year, he's going to fill in at left guard for Michael Jordan, who is at least going to miss this week. So the, I, I think it, he's, he's, it's imperative that he plays well, but I don't know that he will. Um, the bills defense is pretty good. They can, they can get after the passer, and they can do a lot of different things. But, um, you know, I, I hope that he does well. And, and if he does, I think it means very good things for the Bengals, and I think he can open up some things in the run game. We saw when he played late last season, if you remember, he started week one, um, played in week two, got hurt in week two, and then missed a handful of games, came back towards the middle and end of the season. That's when the running game started to get going, and that's when the Bengals were able to run the football despite being super predictable with Andy Dalton out of the lineup. So um, I think he bodes well in that respect, but he's got he's to be healthy. Um, I don't know where his mindset is after being benched, but this team needs him, whether it's at center. I, now, Trey Hopkins has played pretty well at center, but whether it's at center, whether it's at left guard, whether it's at right guard, whatever, they need this guy to play well. And they need to. They need him to. Um, you know, they they need him to come in, stabilize that offensive line, and they need really after this streak of really poor first round draft picks since 2015. They need him to step up. John Ross has started to kind of finally get back on on the rise here, but you know these last few picks have not first round picks have not been very good for the Cincinnati Bengals, or they've been injured or things things of that nature. So. I think he's very important to answer the question. I think he can help this team out, particularly in the run game. Uh, there were some issues in limited play last week. He got he got kind of knocked over uh, that I saw on one play. Um, obviously had an up and down preseason that caused him to be benched. So maybe he takes this opportunity and runs with it. I don't know. Um, but there were shortcomings on him coming out of the draft. The Bengals still went after him and uh, – now, now they're kind of scrambling to see if he can pick up the pieces and play pretty well. I think he's needed. I think he can give him a boost in the run game if he's, if he's healthy and feeling all right. Not so sure about the pass offense. Um, 
Going to answer maybe one or two more before we get out of here. Appreciate all the questions. There's a there's been a lot of questions. I'm trying to get as many as possible. Um, I like this one too from Chris Weston. Besides linebacker and offensive line, what position or positions do you think we need to improve upon? Um, uh, well, linebacker and offensive line. I mean, that's a number of different positions. Um, and it, it what you're asking, I I don't know if you're asking bring in more outside help bring in a different guy or just have those starters improve their play. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of different places I could look. Uh, I think, I think the major area that I could, I, the secondary for me is not playing as well as I had thought. Drake Kirkpatrick, granted, we know he, he's a bit of a roller coaster at times, but uh, he's a physical guy. He can make some plays. He has not done very well this year. William Jackson has been a little up and down. He did have the interception last week, which was nice, but uh, he's been a little up and down. And I mentioned the safeties. I think, to me, the safety play is critical right now. They have not played well. They are two of the lowest-ranked safeties by pro football focus metrics, if, if you abide by their data. Um, so after – Basically being one, Bates and Williams, that is, being one and two in terms of tackles and interceptions on the team last year, um, they are really seemingly being out of position. They seem to be on their heels a bit. They're not reading plays as well as they should. And I think also they're putting Bates in some precarious situations. He's kind of more the center fielder, the range guy. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. They're not letting him do that as much this year, and that worries me. So – um, to me, I think, especially if your linebackers are not playing well, we know that defensive line is going to get after the quarterback, be it via pressures or sacks or what have you. Um, so I'm not worried about the defensive line. I think the linebackers, unfortunately, we know who they're going to be, but we've seen better play from Bates and Williams. And to me, I think that is a critical area that needs to improve, not by benching those guys, but by creating different schemes, by putting them in different positions and letting them play more to their strengths rather than maybe a little bit closer to the line than they're used to and, uh, you know, leaving them in different situations that they really aren't accustomed to because they have to make up for the, uh, you know, the, the play of the linebackers. So um, at any rate, that's my take on things. I see another question here from Ken about trading A.J. Green for Trent Williams. We talked about Trent Williams. I want to see A.J. Green stay in Cincinnati. I want to see him produce in this offense. The Bengals already let one of their best guys go in Andrew Whitworth, who should have retired a Bengal. I don't think, regardless if you think you're overpaying for A.J. Green, despite the injuries, we know who he is when he's healthy. He's a dominant wide receiver, even at his age and with these injuries. You know, give him a lifetime achievement award in terms of a contract or whatever. Reward him. Let him be this franchise's Larry Fitzgerald. Let him stay here. Let him play under Zach Taylor and in this offense. To me, I I wouldn't trade him right now. Um, I, I just I know Boyd's producing. I know John Ross is producing. But think about those two guys along with AJ Green, a now healthy Tyler Eifert. CJ, CJ Uzama. I just think that brings a different dynamic as well. Who knows? AJ Green being out there could also open up the run game. Guys are moving back a little bit on the defense because they have to be a bit more honest with AJ Green out there. They can't stack the box, all of that. So um, to me, hang on to AJ Green. You're not doing well in the draft. You have not done well in rounds, basically rounds one and three, especially over the past couple of years. 
Um, you have not done well. If you want to go make a move for a Trent Williams, if you want to go make a move for one of these guys out there that's, you know, a Jalen Ramsey, whoever, to me, be willing to part with some of that draft capital. And if you're not going to do it for a veteran player on the market, be able and be willing to move that stuff, move that draft capital to move up in the draft and get immediate impact players. This, I said this earlier this week, this team right now, this 2019 draft class, you had to go all the way until their third pick in the fourth round, which was Michael Jordan, to see a starter. Jermaine Pratt didn't even take a their third round pick, who was the only, I mean, they drafted Deshaun Davis, but he didn't make the team. Really, by most standards, he's the only linebacker that they drafted that stuck on the team, all that kind of stuff. Um, didn't even play a defensive snap last year. Drew Sample, two catches last week. Really didn't have an impact in week one or two. Jonah Williams, obviously sidelined. So to me, you got to be able to part with some of that draft capital. And if you're not, then you better beef up the scouting department to make sure that you are hitting on those draft picks. That's my take. I've been here for a while, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Maybe some of you are having dinner. Maybe some of you are having cocktails or both. I'm envious of you either way. Uh, but have a great weekend. I'm sorry if I couldn't get to all of your questions, but we appreciate you tuning in on this Friday evening. We'll get this up on cincyjungle.com in the form of a written mailbag, as well as through our podcast channels. And uh, you can listen to it as much and as frequently as you like. Um, but I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the comments, the feedback, all that stuff. I will be back after Sunday's game against the Bills to do some post-game reactions. I hope you join me. And uh, hopefully we're talking about the Bengals' first win of the regular season and Zach Taylor's first win as an NFL head coach. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Be safe. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Check out both, both the site and the podcast when and how you can.